Hi Colin, it's Lyrian from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere, although there haven't been any updates in a while. Sorry about the AC running in the background. I laughed out loud when you said making a rat's ass of something. Oh my gosh, I love phrases like that. Uh, one of these days I'll have to call you back and tell you some of my dad's colorful phrases. <laughs> you mentioned Carl Rodriguez. He ran a session of Dark Trails the um, through the Tentacle Tumbleweeds um, channel on the Audio Dungeon Discord. And I didn't get to play in his game. I was so disappointed because it was at a time when once the farmer's market started, I couldn't game anymore. But I was really looking forward to it, so I'm going to keep an eye out and see if I can squeeze my way into one of his games. I wish I could game with you! We gamed together one time long ago at Procrasticon, and I had such a good time. I hope we can figure that out again. Searching for moons For an evil ogre in an ancient room Was a fortunate son of the OSR Without a ten-foot pole I wouldn't get very far The ground was murky and I caught a look As the dungeon master opened up his grim tooth book And then I fell into a spike pit Oh yeah, spike pit Oh, a bit would have spikes in it I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit Well, it's good to know that my amusing colloquialism hit the the right spot with Liren. Uh, I I try to to keep the podcast generally light-hearted, and if if people are are amused by what I'm doing, that is great news to me. I um I've got a report though that. Actually, getting into a game with Liren, it is being difficult in the past. I know a lot of the time, folks in the States there, they'll do their gaming in the evening, much like I do. And, of course, that doesn't work out so well with uh, time zones and stuff. So it can be tricky. Um, The best chances I have are when... People much like Cole Rodriguez or Kevin Madison or Jason Hobbs, they will run a, an early game. Uh, Cody as well, I've been in his sort of morning games, and then that gives me a nice chance to jump in. So if um, if you're in the States and you want to get some UK players, the best way to do that is is run a morning game. In fact, just lately, my my gaming is a bit of a sorry tale, and one of the few games that I have been able to play in is Carl's Cthulhu Invictus, and I'm going to be talking 
more about that in a future episode. Hey Colin, it's Jay. I just wanted to call in and uh, I just wanted to ask, are you getting back to talking about 5e anytime soon? Um, I kind of miss all those episodes of you talking about your hobby. Um, and I, I kind of found that sound, probably sound really petulant and I'm sorry. Uh, I just, I miss you talking about the games, uh, the real ones, you know, and um, I don't know. I just hope you're okay. Um, I really, really value you talking about 5e. Please don't let other people uh, browbeat you out of that, you know. Um, I, I need to nick your ideas anyway because I want to take 5e to school again when we open. And, uh, you know, go. it'd be great to um, maybe take Cholt, eh, if you could persuade me. <laughs> anyway, I hope you don't mind my calling. I just, I just felt I needed to say and ask and I hope you're all right. Game on. Don't know about you folks, but it sounds to me a little bit like Chay's not the biggest fan of the Spike Pit Free Step RPG. Admittedly, uh, I can understand it's quite a light system, but I do feel it's not massively removed from a lot of the games that we do, in fact, play. So I never claim to be original. However, I'm probably going to steer away from that topic for a little while the uh, the question of 5e and whether I'm all right now um i guess actually i'm not that all right I haven't been able to game uh, and play in the usual way owing to the fact that my buddy was taken into hospital quite suddenly dm ricky i mentioned it in the uh, quick episode that I put out addressing uh, Jason Connolly's concerns over his calling, and I do believe I mentioned it before that, this hospitalisation has meant that we are not playing on our Tuesday and we're not playing on our Thursday, both of which were the 5E sessions for myself and the kids and my buddy Ricky. Now, first of all, I can tell you that he's come out, so it's good news, and he's on the road to recovery, and that's the main thing. The What you might not realise is, this actually um, put a little bit of a downer on our, our group, really, myself uh, and uh, the kids, We've known Ricky for a long time, and it 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 was it it felt kind of off trying to play the game without him. Um, I don't exactly know the 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 kind of the full reason for that. We we could have got around it, but somehow it's a different situation somebody missing a game because they've gone to their auntie mabel's for a, a cup of tea and a slice of cake is a little bit different to your buddy uh, being in a potentially life-threatening situation the last thing you you kind of want to do is sit there playing a game all the time dwelling on that so hence i haven't had much 5e content hopefully um I'm going to be able to turn that around. In the meantime, about the best I can do is carrying 
on talking about some of the stuff I am doing. And just for a 5e fix, I've got a few call-ins that relate to previous topics that I've discussed. And obviously that encompasses some 5e. First one, uh, very interesting and relates to something I had no idea about. Hey Colin, it's Rich. Uh, I was just listening to Know Your Players, and um, yeah, that's a great section of the DMG. I sometimes forget it's there, uh, just like everything else in the DMG. Uh, anyways, I don't want to interrupt your rereading of the DMG, but uh, that page was written by Robin Laws. Uh, he's got a book out there called Robin's Laws of Good Game Mastering. He's also got a couple other books. I know there's one about... Um, uh, like keeping tension in a game, doing high points and low points. He's got a really good system of uh, highs and lows, basically. You um, track each time your char- your players get a high, and then you make sure you've got a low in between, so the highs seem higher and the lows seem lower. It's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, check out Robin's Laws to Good Game Mastering. It's a great book. Talk to you later. A great little nugget, appropriately from Rich Fraser there. I wish he'd get back to podcasting. I I used to really enjoy his cockatrice nuggets. Got loads of inspiration from it because I felt he's he's got a really infectious enthusiasm. So if you're ever considering getting back on the mic, Rich, man, I I would love that. But obviously, no pressure. The Robin Laws thing, um, I think it was, was it Hamlet's Hit Points or something like that was maybe the book you were trying to think of. It doesn't sound quite right, but I think it's something like that. Um, and that's kind of this idea of beat structure, upbeats and downbeats. And I believe he looks at various films and, and looks for those those narrative beats Um I looked at that book and I think I downloaded a sample of it and found it kind of heavy, heavy going. Uh, Great idea, but I don't think it's that difficult a concept. Once someone's explained it to you, I didn't feel that I really needed a book. However, this book of GM advice might be worth me looking into Although, as a general rule, I'm not a massive fan of that sort of, that typical kind of GM advice. Although, I would say I do enjoy um, Sly Flourish, his particular brand of advice in the Lazy DM and Return of the Lazy DM. Um, I I found particularly useful. And really, it, it just kind of, tied in with the way I think anyway and I I don't know is is that really useful I, I think it I think it is uh, and, and maybe just seeing it in print and having somebody explain it just helped me internalize a little bit and smooth out a few of the wrinkles in my own methods and if you want to hear me talk about that check out the back catalogue. I've got a few uh, lazy DM type episodes and I'll probably revisit again in the future. 
big thanks to Rich there. And let's move on to the next caller. Yo, what up, Colin? Dude, I love that it said these players are commonly known as Rainmakers. I've, I've never heard that expression used before in a gaming situation ever. <laughs> that just made me laugh. But the one thing I do want to mention is I sort of wish that instead of using the word actor, they had used the term role-playing. I think that more encompasses what they meant. I mean, and when they go into the description of acting, they talk about role-playing. Because I, I think you can role-play without acting. And the term acting might throw some people off. You know, if someone doesn't feel all that comfortable with the idea of, like... It has the connotations of being on a stage in front of a bunch of people with the spotlight on you. And so, I don't know. I, I think the role, the term role-playing might be a better descriptor to get, like, people interested. Anyway, peace out. Now, this, this is... Now, if I made you laugh, you're making me laugh now, Joe, because <laughs> I, I am now struggling to think how is... Uh, Rainmakers, a common term. I can't think of one example of where I've heard it. I just know I have, and you got me, man. I, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot think of one. And on the second count, he was on earlier, and he's coming back on again later. Che Webster will be jumping with joy at your second comment there about acting. And role playing. I know it's a pet peeve of his. This idea, he, I think he calls it play acting. You know, I think you're exactly right. I don't know why that was chosen, that specific terminology. Maybe we got Mr. Robin Laws to blame for that one. And I agree, you can role play without acting or play acting. We don't need an Oscar winning performance. Sometimes I'm more in the mood for that than at other times. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a creature of whim, as you may have uh, worked out. If the mood takes me, I can really get into that. But it doesn't mean necessarily that I, I'm not enjoying myself just because I'm not doing funny voices. Sometimes you just need that little bit of inspiration and I think you're right. I think it can be totally off-putting on a couple of levels. If if you're a sort of a quieter person and there's this bunch of people sat around a table doing all this kind of um, this big performance, you're going to take one look at that and f- think, oh, phew, that, that, that ain't for me. I can't, be, I can't be putting on these voices. And, I mean, that's some of the, um, that's some of the criticism that comes along with with um, critical role. And uh, some people are saying that it's the performance of some of these these voice actors and that are are leading to potential GMs, maybe even players, feeling that that they're not good enough to to engage in role-playing games. And really, using the word acting isn't helping at all in that uh, with that potential problem. Hey Colin, just calling about the big ass world book. 
podcast that you put on. I agree with you. I kind of like the way that Wizards is doing it. I mean, I have the box set from first edition, the box set from second edition, the 3.5 tome, all for the Forgotten Realms. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the 4E little player's book and world guide. I really like what they're, how they're doing it regionally and it's of more substance. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like big ass world books, uh, I, you know, but it looks like more places are going to like player's guides, you know, shorter player focused stuff. Um, but I love my Midgard book. I love my World Anvil Lost Lands book. Um, but I don't need another Realms book for sure. Hey, Colin, just listened to another podcast of yours. Um, Published Adventures. I like them. I run them because I don't have a lot of time to prep. But more and more, I feel like I'm enjoying it when I do my own thing, um, like the uh, the current COC adventure uh, we're doing. And I always like to go in and change things um, just because they don't make logical sense to me. I think you alluded to some of the investigative stuff, and I would do something very similar, give them the obvious clue. If they make a roll or they examine it more, they get some more information because um, you don't want to stall the adventure because of a failed investigation roll. And I try to do that with Invictus uh, and Call of Cthulhu in general as well. All right, I will talk to you later. So he's been mentioned already a couple of times, but now we've heard from the man himself, of course, Carl Rodriguez. Unfortunately, I actually missed the session of Invictus at the weekend. Had to get to a, a family gathering. It's the first since the the lockdown, and we managed to meet up with my wife's family in a country park not too far from here for uh, my sister-in-law's birthday celebration. So that that was nice. It made a change. I'm always keen to get out into the outdoors, despite gardening for a living. Your garden is a very different place to the countryside. Hopefully, I'm going to get together with Carl and discuss Invictus in an episode, as I've said. So that's something that you might want to look forward to in the future. And his comments about published adventures, I mean... I can see why Carl, who runs a lot of games, relies a lot on the published settings and um, published materials because from what I can gather, he's playing every day and I, I don't see how he would get a chance to dream that much content up and run it and play and everything else. So they're, um, I imagine, a, a bit of a lifeline for his hobby. Personally, I um, probably will end up taking a bit of a break from Watsy stuff once I feel like um, we've reached a conclusion in the jungles of Cholt. I'm pretty keen to run some ultraviolet grasslands. That's a product put out by Luca Reyes. Um, and I believe there's a print copy coming from Exalted Funeral um, perhaps next month. You can advance order it and the PDFs are currently available. That's what I've got. I probably won't pick up a print copy. 
I want to get to terms with using these PDFs because I've got a groaning bookshelf and the situation is not getting any better. Um, I've really, I know I've said it before, I've really got to get to grips with using PDFs. And I've found that um, a lot of it is to do with what PDF reader you use. So that's something I've been messing about with in my kind of downtime from gaming. More to come about settings, and this time we're hearing from Jay. Hey Colin, Jay, Roleplay Rescue, just calling you on, on is it 277, uh, Big Ass Books and Rambling. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode and I uh, just wanted to kind of say two things, which was, first of all, I kind of agree with you on being a bit post-big campaign books. They have their place and I'm curious about them. Um, I just recently bought into Tolos for, um, you know, Cypher System and uh, kind of look forward to that, but I'm also quite daunted by it. It's going to be Gynophorus. I quite like the way that Columbia Games do Han, lots of little articles. Um, and yeah, it certainly there's a kind of a big sort of, I don't know, big overview document. But actually, it's quite nice just to grab bits, you know, like a single location has NPCs and adventure hooks and stuff like that. Love all that stuff. And yeah, I'm with you on sort of setting some time boundaries or at least goal boundaries. I, I really liked John Large's idea of saying, hey, I'm going to play till the end of this goal in the campaign. Anyway, thanks, man. Game on. Now, Han and Glorantha are two of those settings that I know little to nothing about. I played in a game of RuneQuest with Shandy Andy and really enjoyed that small part of, well, little glimpse of Glorantha that I experienced in that game. I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to know more, but I know that's a couple of big old books, so perhaps the way that I will experience that is getting involved in future games and then I hear a lot of talk about Han and Han Master and stuff like that and I've got to put my hands up and say I know next to nothing about any of that stuff I know there's a few guys who play it and I am intrigued by this idea that it's in uh, sort of like small uh, small chunks so I'm interested to find out a little bit more about what the, what they look like and I will probably as soon as I finish recording this podcast go and have a little dig around Han. The other thing um, I mentioned I heard his name mentioned recently I think it might have been Mr Hobbs talking about um, Christian Walker and I've got a bunch of his his stuff. Um, Matt Jackson put me on to him, and I'm, I've read some of the early parts of his work, but I need to dig into that a little bit more again. I, I really liked um, an idea that I saw in there, where the the it seemed like the part of adventurers were intended to have like this little hut or shed come workshop place. There was a wagon in there, and uh, I've got really sketchy memories of it. But I just thought, you know, this is a this is a little bit of a unusual starting location, and I could imagine the party f- kind of fixing up this this um, this little hut. 
I think it might have been an inheritance or something like that and, and having this wagon and then going out travelling, almost something like a fantasy A-team with a, with a scene with B.A. Baracus in his welding equipment in the workshop or getting the van, the A-team van together. You can almost imagine a fantasy group of adventurers doing a similar thing. And, um, yeah, I don't know how many people have had that kind of uh, or got that kind of impression from Christian stuff but um, it, talking about it brings a smile to my face so I think that's a, a, another um, setting I need to have a little look at and that is it folks it's the part of the show where I'd like to say a few thanks first of all big thanks to the people that call in and make these episodes what they are. Liren of Updates from the Middle of Nowhere, Rich Fraser, Cockatrice Nuggets, Joe of Hindsightless, Carl Rodriguez and Che Webster, Roleplay Rescue. Thanks, guys. Big thanks also to the pit crew, the folks over on Spike Pit Patreon who keep me going and growing with their uh, generous support. And last but not least, I want to say a big thanks to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. I fell into a Spike Pit. Oh yeah, Spike Pit. Oh, a pit would have spikes in it.